0: Hey folks, this is episode number 48 of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Four! Eight! And I have great news to share. Great news, right now. We are extremely close on the next membership drive goal. Less than $50 of support away. Also, when this episode aired and hit the feed, maybe that got us there. You know, I'm, I'm in the past talking, so you know. You can find out. That next goal that we are so very close to is digital art for every patron, the art is from top-notch illustrator Adam Koford. It celebrates all 50 episodes of this podcast. It's going to be detailed. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a feast for your eyes. And every patron gets it if we hit that goal. I'm optimistic about us hitting that goal. Like, the, the support in the past few weeks has blown me away. Really has. And if enough listeners come through, by which I mean if you come through and a couple other people do, you will join a tiny and wonderful group. A few weeks ago, I shared that less than 10% of listeners back this show. And when I say less than 10%, I mean a lot less than 10%. It's a very small group. So if we suddenly had 10% of listeners supporting the show, this membership drive would super extra work out. We would knock out every goal and then some. I designed it to be achievable, and it totally is. Will we do that? I have no idea. Again, I'm, I'm in the past. I know very little about anything. Either way, we are so, so, so close to that digital art for episode 50. We are so close to turning that big milestone episode into a party. I hope we get there. And in the meantime, please enjoy episode 48. Eyeglasses. Known for seeing. Famous for reading. Nobody thinks much about them, unless they're buying them. So let's have some fun. Let's find out why eyeglasses are secretly incredibly fascinating. Folks, welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guest today is Matt Gourley. I hope you know that name, Matt Gourley, because if you like comedy podcasting at all, he has probably contributed to your enjoyment of it. A short and incomplete list of the kind of stuff he's done includes the show's super ego Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project, Bananas for Bonanza, Bunch of Characters on Comedy Bang Bang, the amazing James Bond podcast James Bonding with Matt Myra. I also particularly want to highlight a podcast he makes called With Gorley and Rust. With Gourley and Rust is Matt Gorley and Paul Rust taking on a horror franchise every season. And that one is patron-supported. Please give it a look if you have not before. Also, oh yeah, there's another podcast Matt Gourley appears on every week. It's called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And the main host of that is, uh, you know, Conan O'Brien, the uh, the legend. He's great. And if all that weren't enough, Matt Gourley has a band. He's a wonderful musician. The band is called Townland. You can find them on Instagram, at Townland Band, Townland Band. Easy to spell, easy to find in the show links for this. The, the, the point is, Matt is awesome. And also, as you can hear, he has a lot of taping to do, so I'm I'm extra grateful that he made extra taping time and came and guested on this show, because I've I've gotten to do stuff with him before. He's just wonderful. So glad we're back to doing something again. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Chicory peoples. Acknowledge Matt recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino-Ortongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about eyeglasses. Eyeglasses is one of the patron picks for June. And thank you so much to patron Ian Alexander for the great suggestion of doing that. It led to a lot of history and technology and present-day strangeness that I am thrilled we got to talk about. So, please sit back or insert your contact lenses, you secret glasses-neater, you. Either way, here is this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Matt Gorley. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for doing this. And I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Uh, I, I see you wearing the topic. How do you feel about eyeglasses?
1: Well, I am, this is the first time I think I've been wearing the topic of a podcast and, uh, (laughs) How do I feel about eyeglasses? I have no option but to feel about eyeglasses because I think I've worn glasses since freshman year in high school. Oh yeah, I mean I got it all. I'm a, I have astigmatisms. So I have color blindness. You know that kind of common male color blindness with red green confusion. It's not like I see black and white. But luckily, I like glasses. I like them as a, an accessory. Sometimes I don't like them when I'm on the couch, like, leaning on my hand watching TV. They kind of get wonky and bent and are uncomfortable, but not enough to make me get LASIK. <laughs> that, I, I never talked to
0: anybody about the pillow and glasses experience. It stinks. Don't like it. It, uh, it really like they, does. You get yeah. a, a mark on one side of your nose, yeesh. Yeah. <laughs> forget it.
1: <laughs> you know what? You just made me think... I'm going to go grab all my glasses, and throughout this interview, we can just go work through them. If oh, you want. incredible. Go for it. I'll be right back. Yeah. You can edit this pause out if you want. <laughs> okay, I got all my glasses, and my cat joined me, too, so we're, we are set. <laughs> and thank you for putting glasses
0: on the cat. That's really on theme, on brand. <laughs> Gets me in the zone. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, but you brought in like a handful. How many are there?
1: As of now, well, I think I still have all my old glasses. For some reason, I keep all my old glasses and cell phones because there's nothing more of a marker of an era of your life. Like I can look at a certain (laughs) cell phone and go uh, that period of my life or glasses and go like that period of my life. So I have five glasses right now that I could theoretically still wear that are like up to date prescriptions, but I only wear three of the five really.
0: And that's, that's nice variety. I I feel like I do one all the time and I, have had glasses since like age seven or eight. So I, I really just got locked into like, like there, I feel like other kids had the thing of, do I look cool in these or not? I have to make decisions. And I was just like, I need to see. So we're doing this. And, (laughs) and, but I
1: think I just do one all the time and then have a backup usually. That's good. That makes it easier. I think. Yeah. I have definitely, have the pair I wear the most. And then the other two that I wear are kind of like split the time with them. They're they're a third of the time between the two of them. Not, not to go way deep on this, but what prompts switching pairs?
0: Is it a style thing?
1: Yeah, I guess it is. It It's a combination of, oh, I've been wearing this one for a long time. But sometimes, you know, like whatever you're wearing that day, some glasses just go better with that. And especially yeah. these that I, the ones I'm wearing right now, by the way, are not the ones I normally wear. For some reason, I've had these on lately, but these are my normal glasses, and they're kind of like almost Uh. clear-framed, yellow, clear-framed things. But sometimes, like if you dress up a little bit, you might want to go a little more formal, and that's what these are. I call these my, like, they're like my Al Franken glasses. Um, (laughs) A darker frame there, yeah. Then I have these, um, which is great for a podcast. You can't see any of these. But these are like what Indiana Jones has in Temple of Doom. They are like that great yeah yeah they're very 90s yeah like a brown a brown roundish frame yeah way into it and then i have just some classic warby parkers two-toned here yeah and then this this these i bought because they're like almost kind of like alec guinness or gary ullman and tinker taylor soldier spy like i might wear these with a suit they're kind of 70s british but i never wear them i've never worn them in public because look at them they look weird (laughs)
0: <laughs> i feel like with glasses as people too like we'll put on something that's two percent different and feels strange you know what i mean like yeah. i like they're two percent yeah. different and i know what you mean they it is a big flip yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and i have no problem wearing something a little weird but i have to feel comfortable in it because i don't want to walk around all day thinking people are i'm going to be looking at people like are you looking at me weird which this <laughs> just ruins your day you just have to feel at home in your glasses and your clothes yeah that's right
0: one last thing you mentioned movie characters wearing them and got to, got to talk about james bond with Matt Gorley a little bit and sure i always liked the parts in and i know pierce brosnan's not your favorite but i always liked the pierce brosnan parts where he puts on glasses because information is being talked about i love that <laughs> I really, like
1: he he goes into clark kent mode yeah
0: because <laughs> and i feel like bond doesn't do a lot of like spy craft or detective work that often you know no. like it's a lot of going into a casino and telling people he's James Bond but once in a while he's like a schematic oh okay let me get these out you know it's great
1: yeah <laughs> and the more rugged the James Bond you might see them in sunglasses but you'll never see them even undercover like Connery and Craig are never just wearing eyeglasses <laughs> Pierce Brosnan would Roger Moore would and then Blazenby, yeah. I can't remember. I think even when he goes undercover as this like really nerdy genealogist, he still ain't gonna put on glasses. Too, those are two just like classically nerdy. He they would Connery and Lazenby if they put on glasses as Bond, they would have started punching themselves.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just broken mirrors across yeah. Monaco or wherever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and uh, and from here I think we can get into the stuff about eyeglasses. And Sounds on good. every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And that is in a segment called "I Can See Clearly Now." The stats have come. I can see all numerals in my way. <laughs> And, uh, that name was submitted by Laura Hadi, and specific to the patron pick topic, too. We have a new name for this every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. <laughs> but we got stats and numbers here. And the first number is 75.7%. Hmm. And 75.7% is the this, this stat from 2010, but it's the percentage of American adults who wear vision-correcting eyeglasses at least some of the time. So wow. slightly over three quarters, which I did not expect. I, yeah, that seems high to me. Because you see, I, maybe it's because people switch hmm. to contacts a lot of the time or something, or they only use them for reading or something. But I, I really thought, I don't think I thought I was in like the the vast minority of people wearing glasses or something, but I thought it was not most people.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. We, I mean, we should just unite as a voting block, And really, like, we could just have the country our way. Forget Republican Democrat. It's you know, right? Visually challenged versus the 2020s. <laughs> um, do you did you ever wear contacts or flirt with contacts? I wore contacts some in college, and then
0: at my like first job out of college was as a production assistant, and the hours were long in a way that made me not want to wear contacts anymore. I get that, you know, yeah. like every time I'd want to switch out of them, somebody's like, we need a, a coffee from 10 miles away. And I would go
1: and <laughs> i stuck, you know, <laughs> and there's nothing worse if you've been all day in contacts and you want them out. My, I can't do it. I I'd worn them for acting and stuff when I couldn't have glasses or I tried them for a while and my eyes just itch and burn all day. And I just gave up. I think the last time I wore contacts was and, and they like funded it. It was a web
0: series that was sci fi. And somebody specifically said the phrase, like, there aren't glasses in the
1: future. Yeah, it does seem like you can't have glasses or bald people in the future. Like, those things would have been solved.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll bet Picard is turning down offers all of the time. They're like, we can do this in two seconds. It's this machine I'm holding. It's this size. (laughs) This size being by hand, making a very small thing. Anyway.
1: (laughs) They've solved baldness, but there is a certain faction that got grandfathered in is like, wow, that's really vogue to have bald head by choice like this, you know, and glasses. Right. Yeah. And the next number here is $10 US.
0: $10. And that's the approximate lowest cost of making eyeglasses frames. Mm. You can do it for about $10 apparently. This is LA Times business columnist David Lazarus says if you look at Various estimates and shopping websites, you can get a pair of acetate frames, which is three pieces of plastic, a few screws and bits of metal to hold it together. You can get like a basic set of frames for plastic frame glasses for $10 if you go cheap. Oh, that's retail. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty cheap. Yeah. And the lenses are more, but that's like, that's an element of glasses that often costs a lot. And also you can get maybe a wobbly bad version, who knows, but you can get a version for 10 bucks.
1: I know. And if you noticed lately, the the upgrades on lenses are, are like, like 50, 1950s car color paints and things like that and clear coats <laughs> and stuff. Because there's now blue blocker <laughs> versions for computer screens, plus non-glares, plus anti-scratch. And you really can get up to like $500 just for a pair of lenses these days. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know how strong your prescription is, but mine is
0: is pretty strong it's like minus six and a half each side and uh and mm. so they offer me an upgrade where it's oh it'll be a thinner lens and it's a lot of money but if i don't do that oh. then i have like you know entire storm windows in front of me it's really
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, and your eyes are magnified like through a fishbowl yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like a cartoon turtle basically that, that's what happens yeah uh. <laughs> yeah
0: Yeah. And and you're right. Like I, I couldn't find like solid research on it, but people are offering like blue lenses for if you do computer work all the time and and there's all kinds of options
1: for that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I waffle with it myself and, and it's interesting that we're doing this episode because it is time for me to go back and get a new eye exam and get new glasses and stuff. So I've been putting it off. The dentist and the eyeglasses were the two things during the quarantine that I just let go. Yeah, that was that was scary when it was dentist time and the and pandemic was still going. I was like, OK. Yeah. I mean, I just stopped brushing my teeth all through quarantine. I just went completely. I'm not doing any of this.
0: Amen. Right. <laughs> it was always hogwash. <laughs> yeah. Don't need it. Yeah. Big toothpaste. You not you're not going to get me. <laughs> next number here. And, and it's actually it's handy that you have a stack of glasses in front of you because the oh. next number is three. And three is the amount of numbers that are printed on the inside of a glass's arm. Oh, for most glasses. Really? So if you look at, and I, I checked mine before taping, so I had to jump on you. Yeah, it's, it's, it was inside like the, the ear bit of one of the and arms. One. But there's usually a set of three numbers. Mine are 51, 18, 145. And that's the dimensions of your eyewear in millimeters. Oh. So the first number is how wide the lenses are at the widest point. Second number is the bridge between, like, the sides of the lenses. And then the last number is how long the arm is. Okay. And not all of them have
1: it, but a lot of them have very small print three numbers in there. I've got three out of five have them. The uh, Indiana Jones ones clearly do not have room for them because they're so thin. And then these Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy ones just say, Frame France, and that's it. And they're just like... (laughs) Look, here in France, it's all about the look. We don't go by numbers. We do it by our gut and by our heart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I want that to be an explanation for a lack of numbers from now on. Like, well, France, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and then they bicycle away. Like, nope, forget it. Uh But yeah, it's just a fun Easter egg you can do with your glasses at home. Check for the little measurements Hmm. stamped on the inside of... The arm is what that earpiece bit is called. That's the technical term.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. And the last number here before the takeaways, last number is 1,928. 1,928 pages is the length of the letter that Google wrote to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office because they wanted to trademark the word glass.
1: Whoa. Oh, for their Google Glasses. Yeah. For their Google Glass.
0: Back when oh, they were doing this, they, they wanted to the trademark nerve. the word glass itself, and they were rejected. The but nerve. They
1: wow. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, the nerve. Man. <laughs> that was like some... Who was it? Some celebrity... Was it Paris Hilton that wanted to trademark... What was her phrase... Like hot, that's hot, or oh, I, or is there like a... I think
0: that's hot was her.
1: Yeah, just about anything yeah. people did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gutsy. But Google trademarked the phrase Google Glass, but they were hoping it would become so popular that people are going around saying like, hey, I'm on Glass, or I'm using Glass, you know, and so they wanted to trademark that.
1: Oh, my God. And... Uh, Can you imagine? <laughs> Look, our world got dark for a while, but it could have been much worse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when, when Google Glass
0: runs wild and everybody's using it. Yeah, exactly. Totally plausible. I, I, I think it just didn't happen to happen. That's the only reason I can figure out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if the January 6th insurrection happened, but all the people were wearing Google Glass. Like, that would just be so dystopian. I don't even know how to process it. Oh, man. <laughs> One thing I think about with that insurrection is that I
0: proposed an emoji of the bison, and then there was that shaman guy with a big bison hat head on when he was in there. So him yeah. and Google Glass is yeah. very past and future to me. I don't like it at all. <laughs> like, it was already bad. <laughs> yeah. And now forget it. <laughs> well, uh, those are the stats and numbers this week. And now we got three main takeaways about glasses. Let's get into takeaway number one. Before we had modern eyeglasses... We had a bunch of strange workarounds because people have always needed them. And uh, and there's uh, just a bunch of, you know, weird stuff people did in history before we developed the first like modern glasses
1: in the 1300s. It is strange that evolution didn't figure out sort of like consistently good eyesight that it's weird to me that 75% of people need glasses. Now that we've got glasses, it's probably not going to happen you can still find a mate with bad eyesight you know or maybe maybe that's why because you bet your eyesight was so bad that it kept perpetuating this bad dna
0: <laughs> yeah it really it really seems like we're past the point of uh genetically everyone being some sort of astronaut in yeah. terms of their eyes that yeah. that's I, th- I think that that door is closed to us now yeah and that's okay yeah that's true as a completely biased person, I think it's good. I yeah. think it's good. We're past it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially in the distant past, we just don't really know what people did if they were profoundly nearsighted or if they if they couldn't see well. I think they just fumbled around. Yeah. But there's one one great source for this episode is a great New Yorker piece by Patricia Marks. It's titled Four Eyes," and she cites historians who say the first like solid historical record of eyeglasses is a sermon by a catholic monk in the city of pisa in 1306 huh. and he wrote about someone wearing occhiali which i think is an italian word for it oh but so we around then probably had early glasses and she says by the 1400s craftsmen in florence were turning out what are basically real eye glasses today they're they're more antique looking but that's the general idea so we've had that for you know several centuries but before that people were just kind of trying to think of stuff to do And one fun example is the there was an ancient Roman guy named Seneca the Younger who lived 4 B.C. to 65 A.D., and supposedly he read all of the books in Rome by viewing them through a glass globe of water,
1: and Uh, the glass globe of water enlarged the lettering on the pages. Okay, yeah. I wonder if they ever then tried to do a kind of, like, facially supported mini aquarium in front of each eye that kind of <laughs> would allow you to do that but I guess it has to be closer to the object not to the eye that would make everything even more blurry <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: oddly that's that was kind of the first system most people used was why don't I put magnification on the thing I'm reading yeah and then I'll just adjust my head mm-hmm. to like put it where it is and then the rest of daily life when you're not reading i think you're just stuck yeah that that was kind of the first system that makes sense and and yeah and you have to get a globe of water
1: i don't want to deal with that i'm busy no way (laughs) if i'm thirsty yes i'll do it otherwise no but then i then i drink my eye sight improvement oh man what a world i man i would totally forget and drink my thing yeah
0: hundred percent what happened all the time?
1: If my glasses were liquid, I would drink my glasses all the time. I'd be I'd be too lazy to get up a glass of water and just like, oh, I can see poorly for an hour. I'm just so thirsty. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's also another interesting workaround here. This coming from historian Sarah Bond, a professor at the University of Iowa who studies a lot of ancient Roman stuff. And she says that the Emperor Nero... Who lived in the 30s to the 60s AD? Um, he used to watch gladiators fight by looking through an emerald. Whoa! And and some sources say that was a version of sunglasses, but she says it's more likely it was to it was like a lens-shaped ish emerald that helped with his nearsightedness, so he could wow. just see the the gladiators more clearly.
1: Oh, interesting! Wow, I would leave it to an emperor to be able to afford an emerald. Mon- monocle, basically, yeah, wow yeah, a, a gem solution right yeah. great <laughs> yeah. available to everyone
0: and also, I guess Nero and Seneca the younger knew each other like Seneca was part of Nero's administration and so so mm-hmm. maybe he got some of the idea from him, but uh, yeah, in the early days, people were just like guessing stuff that would help right. And then the first like consistent forerunner of glasses was what was called reading stones which is what we were talking about before, of putting something on the text. And it was kind of European monks' version of having glasses. They would take a transparent mineral, like quartz, or something made from actual glass, and in the 10-hundreds, 11-hundreds, 12-hundreds, they would put that on top of the text, and it magnified the letters. Okay, yeah. So that was how a nearsighted monk worked.
1: That was how they could do it. Yeah. Emerald for an emperor, quartz, or mineral for a monk. That makes sense.
0: Right. I I hadn't thought about the, because I was just thinking about, oh, monks have this job where it's reading intensive and that's rare. But I wonder if people were jealous of like, oh, that fancy monk with their
1: quartz item, you know, (laughs) like lucky, lucky them. They get to read the paper. I don't get to. Never mind that I can't read, but I still want that quartz. (laughs) Also, why am I from Texas? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, It also, the sources here say the other main use of reading stones was to get a closer look at holy relics. So if somebody had like what they claimed was a piece of the true cross or something, you use a reading stone to like check, I guess. There's no evidence, but it's like what you're using if you want to check that. It's like a
1: jeweler's loop.
0: A lot of that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, it's weird with history that. Uh, until very recently uh, there were kind of only specific jobs where you needed to close read stuff effectively Like yeah. the past few centuries there was more of that but earlier on it was like i don't know you can farm right and they'd be <laughs> like yeah i can farm and then they're horribly nearsighted you know
1: <laughs> you could still count <laughs> seeds without eyesight i think though and you know yeah
0: yeah it's called feeling the seeds <laughs> put them in your hand buddy yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I I, don't, I like that reading stones existed. It's a pretty smart solution to not having glasses yet. And yeah, it's pretty I'm, good. I'm glad. I'm glad nearsighted people a thousand years ago could still be a monk and and do that stuff. It's Me good too. Stuff. But I'm, and another takeaway here with glasses history is takeaway number two. Takeaway number two. The word glasses is kind of obsolete, and the word lenses comes
1: from lentils. The 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 beans, the legume. Yes, that's right. Wow. Okay, I'm all ears. Yeah, the and we, that
0: one's fun, and and we'll start with it because the the thing about lenses is that the modern ones like bend inward on one side, mm-hmm. but early lenses tended to bulge outward on both sides. Like it was a, it was an item that made things more magnified, but it was the easiest way to say it is, is lentil shaped. Like it's, it's sort of, sort of flat, but bulging out on both sides.
1: So is that and like so, related to convex and concave? The difference between those? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I like that. Oh, I yeah. see. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Those are better words for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I like lentil way better. <laughs> Lentil and then like yeah. cheese puff are your two versions, just depending on which way they're facing. Oh, <laughs> che- the curved cheese puffs, not the cheese balls. Anyway, please go on. I've really hijacked this. I, I was about to Google convex to make sure it's the one I think it is, but uh,
0: I'm now thinking about cheese puffs too. That's great. <laughs> yeah, convex. So lenses used to be convex, bulging outward on both sides. And when people wanted a word for it, it reminded them of lentils. If you mm. are not familiar with lentils, just Google one. It, it looks like a little bulging outward thing. And so that's where the word comes from. Gotcha. That's cool. But now they're not shaped like that. So it's not, uh, it's not quite the right word anymore. It's a
1: different <laughs> but that's funny. That's where lens came from is lentils. Wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Latin word is lentis. And then that shortened to lens. Okay. And we got there. Got yeah. it. And then, uh, and then as far as the word glasses being a little obsolete, our eyeglasses are not really usually made with glass anymore. That's sort of a past thing. Our lenses are almost always plastic or
1: some kind of polycarbonate that's also a plastic. Yeah, well, so when did glasses, actual glass go away? Because I remember when I was younger, I think you could have the option to get glass. Oh, yeah. And it's still it's still a thing. It's just
0: a lot less common. And also, in most cases, people are just taking a disc of plastic and using a lathe to carve it into glasses lenses. And we'll link an episode of NPR's Science Friday hosted by Ira Flato, where he talks to a general manager of a like lens manufacturer about how that works. Wow, because it's not it's not super interesting, but it's it's just taking plastic and carving it with a lathe, and glass yeah. is sort of an old fashioned way to do it.
1: Yeah, got it.
0: And the the origins of that come from like thirteen hundreds Italians carving actual glass into lenses. Mm. But from there, we've gotten plastics plastic ways to do it, especially in the twentieth century, uh, and also better lens making led to our telescopes and our microscopes. And so there is a whole history of people trying really hard to make lenses better. And along the way, we kind of got past glass for our glasses. Don't need it. Hmm. Poor glass. (laughs) Yeah. It can still be Mexican Coke and stuff, but you know, it doesn't need to be on our faces so much. That's true. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway.
1: Because
0: of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Yeah, so that's the, the general situation with the words glasses and lenses, and that takes us into the last of three takeaways for the main episode. Takeaway number three. The entire world needs more access to eyeglasses, and in a couple different ways. It's bad news, but also extremely fixable. So I, in that sense, I, th- I think it's good news. But there's a, a basic shortage of access to eyeglasses that just a lot of people are dealing with. That's just going on in the world. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, and I remember my like my childhood eye doctor had a box you could put your old glasses in. But I also always um. felt like I needed at least one old pair as a backup, usually two. And so I, it was like I was like holding. I would give them like four generations ago glasses eventually, and before that, I just kept. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, now I feel so selfish for wanting to keep all my glasses as this uh, walk Uh-oh. through my nostalgic <laughs> lifetime memory lane.
0: No, it well, it's not on you to fix the whole thing. it's a it's a, a broader problem.
1: Well, also, for selfish reasons that for whatever stupid like show or something I might be doing or some who knows what, you never know when you're gonna need like the certain type of eyeglasses fashion statement or Halloween costume or something. And at this point, I've got all kinds now, you know, big, little, small, dumb, stupid, good looking, (laughs) you know, just I've got them all. That's a resource. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Is that, um,
0: I'm thinking in particular of super ego live shows, but also just stuff in general where it's not audio. Like, do you have sketch props ready to go because when i was doing live sketch i always had like a chunk of the closet that was like a frog costume and weird hats and stuff
1: uh, <laughs> uh, less and less though my wife who kind of does similar work to me though we've kind of a lot well, just moved to podcasting we have these things that could be pseudo costumes but we don't I think we're both past the point of wanting to do anything that would force us to dress up in a silly costume anymore. I think that <laughs> that feels like a different time. However, there are Halloween costumes, because I think we like dressing up for Halloween. So we have a couple of like go-tos, like Lederhosen and Durndal or... I still have my dad's, all my dad's military stuff and things that kind of have, you know, historical meaning or, or are kind of fun things we've got on travels or something like that. But no, there's no, there's no trunk full of wacky sketch hats anymore. (laughs) I mean, there is, but it's not for that purpose. (laughs) Right. We're not adding to it. Let's just say that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because I, well, I, I'm remembering it partly because I think there were one or two times where I like got rid of a prop and then somebody was like, and we can do that pirate thing. And I was like, no, I felt weird keeping that. So I don't I, have it anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, I we would it. need anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fun to know. That's great. Yeah. I get And sorry, have you like dressed up as Michael Myers ever or any of
1: that for like, I'm thinking of Gourley and Rust, but. I never have. I've never been in a Michael Myers costume, which uh, just so the listeners know, I have a long sordid history with being frightened by that movie as a child. And I do a podcast about horror movies, the season specifically about that franchise. And no, I never have. I I guess it's like, it would be too uh weird but i i think i would if the costume was presented to me it's very simple a mask and some coveralls you know i probably would want to get in it and feel what it's like to be my nemesis <laughs> understand my enemy <laughs> what's it like yeah. to be a motiveless murderer right i don't know
0: <laughs> just to have no reason to do any of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And speaking of eyeglasses, if 75% of people need vision improvement between Jason, Freddie, Michael, and Chucky, three of those technically should be wearing glasses. And does that impair? I mean, <laughs> I know there's are somewhat supernatural, so it's, it's suspension of disbelief, but it does feel like at least Jason or Michael should need eyeglasses.
0: Yeah, yet yeah, you know it's probably like Hal offers LASIK or something. That's my best guess. Yeah, but there's that's, some. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> There's like onboarding in the underworld where they're like, OK, welcome to
1: Vengeance. Um, LASIK, obviously. Uh, here's dental. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the, all the health care plans in hell are incredible. Like all the human resources. It's just like European medical coverage. It's just really, you know, no good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Sweden and hell. Those are the ones. <laughs> <laughs> the taxes, though, they're in hell. My God. well
0: uh but yeah but the in terms of the world's need of glasses uh, and this is it's a thing that would be so easy to fix which i think is very exciting but the world health organization says that globally at least 2.2 billion people with a b have a near or distance vision impairment and then in at least 1 billion of these cases the vision impairment could have been prevented or has yet to be addressed so no, either no. they could get glasses now or glasses would have helped. Um, and so it's just a thing in many countries, many situations, including the U.S., where people are lacking glasses and could use it. Um, and yeah. good news, it's like 10 bucks to make a set of frames, apparently. And the lenses, you can just carve them out of plastic. Yeah. So great, we could fix it.
1: Yeah, that would be nice.
0: It's also, they say it's relatively specific to poorer countries, more than 80% of people. They say that more than 80% of people with near vision impairment in sub-Saharan Africa could use glasses or contact lenses for it. And that number is less than 10% in North America, Australasia, Western Europe, East Asia, relatively high-income countries there. Hmm. But so there are countries where like truck drivers can't see the road well. And farmers can't see if their crops are ripe or not very effectively without getting, like, putting their faces toward them. Uh, and then kids in school, there's, there's you know, just our lives with glasses. The ramifications of not having them wow. is, is out there. It's going on. Hmm. Yeah. It's not, like, funny, obviously. But it's a thing <laughs> that uh, I think could be donated toward. And uh, we'll link a, a piece by New York Times health and science reporter Andrew Jacobs about like efforts that are going on toward that. He talked to a nonprofit that works on getting eyeglasses to the developing world. So there, there are organizations out there doing this.
1: Oh, that'd be good to know. I'd be very interested in that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have extensive links for it because I think it's cool. Yeah, And
0: uh, they also said that in 2015, the entire world only spent $37 million U.S. on getting glasses to people, which is a fraction of a fraction of 1% of what we spend on like global health and helping people so we could just raise oh, that it's out there wow yeah absolutely yeah good yeah and we don't need to invent anything new they invented these in the 1300s
1: it's great <laughs> i know <laughs> you're yeah, no kidding yeah there's no r&d that needs to go into this yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then also in the u.s specifically there's like a business situation going on that that limits people's access to eyeglasses The professional organization of U.S. optometrists is called the American Optometric Association, or AOA. They spend a couple million dollars on lobbying every year toward Congress and on campaign contributions because they're trying to change laws that let you take your eyeglasses prescription from your eye doctor to another place to buy eyeglasses there. And so their goal is to change its two recent laws. One was in 1997, one was in 2003. It lets you, the laws let you bring your prescription from your eye doctor to a different place to purchase glasses. Because American eye doctors are trying to also be retailers to like, you know, make ends meet, but also make uh, some extra profit. So they want to change that.
1: Yeah, I've come up against some resistance in that. And it's really annoying. It's made me leave a certain optometrist who is really territorial about things and really upselly and oh yeah i did not like it at all yeah i did the same thing once in in la yeah i was
0: i was like okay i this is this is a medical it's officially a medical device by law and you're allowed to go somewhere else but they'll give you like kind of the the hard sell if you do
1: yeah and i remember trying to get my prescription from them and they were really cagey about it kind of like kind of like oh Who's, who's this girl you're dating? You know, like what, what you like her better than me. You know, what, what do you, it was just, it was weird to the point where I, I mean, that's half the reason I haven't gone back to get another prescription. It just feels always a little emotionally, uh, manipulative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It is good.
0: When you go back, they can, they can be like long time, no see because of the pandemic. Right. And you'll be like, yes, the pandemic yes yeah that is why
1: i stopped seeing you guys for a while the crisis anyway i just need to pick up my things yeah
0: <laughs> you should you should come with a big like cardboard box at like like you're moving out of a place you know and then they're like it's just a piece of paper yeah. and you're like no but this is the vibe i need this is a breakup uh, it's over <laughs> drop it in the box uh yeah and so that's that's going on in kind of the u s specifically We'll link a piece that talks about it by Yasha Monk in the Atlantic, and he says that he's lived in several European countries and also made emergency glasses purchases in Peru hmm. and in all those cases, he could just tell them his prescription and receive stuff hmm. and There was not this like this u s system where I think even under our laws, you need like a written out prescription like it's medication, yeah to go and get glasses somewhere. Yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah, and it's not like pills or something. You you don't... I, why? Why all the security? You're not going
1: to... Yeah, you're not going to abuse your eye prescription and start, like, I, I just want to go one more negative point right on the left. I just... And then I swear I'll stop. Oh, my God. Just, come on, come on. Give me the negative seven. Come on, please. <laughs>
0: right give me give me the ones that turn me into an eagle or whatever i i need it I need the power like, it's not what we're doing out here <laughs> well and then the the last obstacle to like glasses access is corporate consolidation, and we we won't talk about it much because there's a lot of, a lot of comedy shows have talked about it, and they're all going off of a a sixty minutes piece by Leslie Stahl in twenty twelve but there is one company called Loxotica. That is the number one like frames maker in the world. And they do it for designers and regular companies. And they also own eyeglasses stores and sunglasses stores and a vision provider. And then they merged with a company called Essilor that is the main lens maker. So there's there's more or less a monopoly in eyeglasses making. And so that raises prices too. Makes it harder.
1: Oh, interesting. So what's Warby Parker's deal? Are they part of
0: that? I believe they're separate and so that's part of their okay. whole approach yeah i see got it and uh, yeah cuz they these guys mainly own lens crafters and pearl vision are their main like retailers ah, that they own yeah. and the the whole in the monopoly is you can start your own eyeglasses company because it it's not like proprietary technology but they're just trying to be kind of right. the main thing everywhere yeah corner of the market but it's all, uh, again, it's sad that a lot of people need glasses, and it's great news that we can get them glasses. It's not, it's not inventing a vaccine or, or splitting an atom. It's just a thing we can go do. I was about to say we can see it. I'm not trying to be cute, it's just <laughs>
1: where my phrasing went. Uh... Alex, it was cute though.
0: Oh, hey. And not
1: in a bad way. Not in a bad way. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Mac Orley for gazing into this topic and for grabbing a handful of his own glasses to make it special. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, because patrons get a bonus show every week, where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is several surprising stories about the iconic eyeglasses of famous entertainers. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of almost four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring eyeglasses with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, before we had modern eyeglasses, we had a bunch of strange workarounds. Takeaway number two, the word glasses is kind of obsolete, and the word lenses comes from lentils. And takeaway number three, the entire world needs more access to eyeglasses, and for a couple different reasons. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guest. He's great. Matt Gourley has an incredible amount of credits and shows and just just cool things to his name. To pick a few highlights, you can hear him weekly on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend alongside Conan and Sona. You can also support his podcast with Gourley and Rust, of course, co-hosted with Paul Rust. It's a fantastic balance of horror and being terrified of horror, which I relate to. And the Instagram account, at Band gives you wonderful music from Matt Gorley's band. A lot of covers, a lot of new stuff. It's, it's just a really pleasant account to be following and enjoying. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article in The New Yorker, written by Patricia Marks, that's titled, Four Eyes. A great radio show called Science Friday from NPR. It's hosted by Ira Flato, and it's a 12-minute episode where they break down exactly how your plastic lenses get machined. It's really nitty-gritty, but I want you to have that if you are super interested in that. And finally, an exciting historian of ancient times, Dr. Sarah E. Bond, is an associate professor of history at the University of Iowa. Linking to her blog, it's her own great site, it's called History From Below. And in particular, her stuff on Nero and Seneca the Younger and how their vision worked is amazing. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. I'm also thrilled there's so many of you who are new and showing up for for the first time. Welcome to the party of this podcast. Thrilled you're here. And of course, thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.